Hey guys, my name is CJ Finley and this is the Thrive On Podcast. I started a brand called Thrive On Life to help other mission-based people, brands, and businesses thrive. So if you are one to start a new idea or have a new project that you're working on or a new business and you're struggling and want to get started, feel free to reach out. I'd love to connect you with somebody that can help. Tonight I'm super excited because I have the love of my life on, my wife Erin. And I kind of just want to ask her a couple questions that maybe a lot of people don't necessarily hear her talk about all too often. So one of them is she's actually one of the inspirations for my brand, Thrive On Life. I never would have created it if it wasn't for her. And it all started because she started an Instagram before me and it was called Air Inspiration Fitness. So the first thing we're gonna kick off with is how did you start your first Instagram account and what inspired it? It's a really good question. I'm actually surprised that you don't know the answer to this or that you've never asked me before. But funny story is that right now, if you go to my page, you probably get the idea that I'm heavily interested in fitness. It's a big passion of mine. And my Instagram page was always Air Inspiration, but it used to be Air Inspiration Fitness. And it all started because I found myself once Instagram kind of took off after I moved to Houston, we were out of college at that Why point. Why did you move to Houston? Well, you're interrupting me, but okay, I can get there. Uh, so I moved to Houston after I graduated college about a month later to start a job in engineering and uh, took a risk, had never really been or spent much time in Houston before other than when I went out there to interview, liked the city enough to take a chance. and. When I was out there, I would I started my job in July, uh, but fitness was starting to become a bigger part of my lifestyle at that point. And I'd come home from work, I would work out, I was getting adjusted to city life there, and was into running from my college days and tried to keep up with that. And I would go on Instagram and find like fitness pages that I found inspiring whenever I needed new motivation to, to try new exercises or to work out. And it was interesting to hear other people's perspectives on running or on different types of exercises that I did. So one day I was kind of just like, you know what? Like I'm tired of just looking at everyone else's page. I spend so much effort on my own time working out and putting time into this that I should just have my own page because if I'm going to be on this platform anyway to get inspiration from other people, maybe something I do could help someone else. And if anything, maybe it'll just inspire me to keep doing this. And at that time, everyone now knows who Kayla Itzinas is. Uh, she's the creator of BBG, but at the time, she had just released her BBG guide, and uh, it was back when it was a PDF that you would download and uh, get it to your email. Now they have an app, and it's very you know, advanced and has moved far beyond what it was at the time when I first stumbled upon her. But I saw her workouts. I was like, wow, I do pretty much the same type of workouts as this girl. I was inspired by the transformations she was posting from her clients. And I started her guides, and I was like, you know, I want to be part of this community that's posting about this, and I don't mean to go on a rampage about that process, because uh, I have a lot of opinions on that whole story too, but needless to say, my page started as Air Inspiration Fitness, and then a couple, about a year or so in, I realized that 
I do more than just fitness and that my life doesn't, as much as it's, it's a huge hobby and passion of mine, I'm an engineer, I have other passions, I like to travel, I ha like, you know, exploring, I'm big on nutrition because of complications I've dealt with in the past with my stomach issues and overcoming that. And then I started to figure out that just inspiration in general was more what I wanted this page to be about and it's not always about fitness. Like I don't want to be labeled as a fitness person even though it is so much of my life and so much of my passions but there's other things that I'm interested in also. Well, so I kind of rebranded. Going back to, so you are talking about running and so I am fortunate enough to know Aaron since we were in grade school and high school and this girl would never run a mile and is now running half marathons at really fast speed. So break it down a little bit how you went from like literally never running in your entire life to then finding this passion of yours and now trying to inspire other people to find their own passion. Yeah, and thank you for asking. I mean, it's something I feel like I should talk about a lot more on my page because I think just posting, you know, about a workout I do or a run, most people would assume that I've always been a runner. Um, and actually, I think the most inspiring thing is the fact that I really did never run before. Um, in high school, you witnessed that I wasn't the person that wanted to do the mile run when we would have to do it as a requirement in gym class. I would walk or whatever. I mean, I would do my best, but it wasn't anything crazy. Um, and what actually inspired me to start running was after after I started college and I pursued engineering and realized that dance, which had been such a huge part of my life growing up, wasn't going to be taking up the same type of time commitment that it did my whole life. Um, I was still part of a dance team, but it was much lower involvement and it wasn't as intense as I had previously done in the past and through high school. So I felt that there is this missing void, missing like release of energy and creativity that I got from dance in my life. And with engineering and the rigor of all that coursework, I was I needed some other type of like physical outlet where I felt like I was able to just like zone out and still work on that self improvement aspect because that's just kind of what dance always was for me. So I just started running. I would start on the treadmill and that was the tool that I used to like figure out what metrics I needed to hit to get better each time. And I would start with like these little intervals where I would run for six minutes and walk for four and then I would decrease that. And the engineer in me would like figure out like how to optimize those intervals. <laughs> and so I got really into it and I started running outside more. I found a group of college friends that are now my best friends that we started running outside. Um, I went to the University of Penn and Philly has some really great running trails and we would run around there together. We all signed up for the Philly Half Marathon together and I've done that half marathon several times. It's my favorite race to date. And today I'd say that like running has become a part of me, not because I wanna run every day and because I wanna be some elite runner, but because it's really the tool that I think has helped me realize that I can start from zero at anything, and as long as I use the work ethic that I apply to it, I can improve and I can be good enough. I can 
I can get better than zero. Um, and that's always my benchmark. Um, it's like my reminder that any type of work ethic I put in, effort, like it's always there. I can keep getting better and better. And so my goal with running now is I still want to continue doing races. I'm not, I recognize that running constantly can take a toll on the body. So I really like to do a mix of types of workouts, but I'm always going to have it be a goal of mine to run through new cities and have that experience. So you mentioned hard work and you're one of the hardest working, if not the hardest working person that I've ever seen in my entire life. And I'm extremely grateful that I get to see it each and every single day. But I think that you can speak to the fact that like hard work isn't always the smartest thing and, and can be, uh, there's a yin and a yang to it. Like if you're too hard on yourself and put too much pressure, which I think not a lot of people out there also know that I know is that what you were doing years ago is completely different than what the way that you view things today kind of break down like how you've had this like roller coaster ride of emotions physically and mentally when it comes to running and, and fitness in general and maybe life in general as well. Especially today is a heavy day because your your father died of of a heart attack in a spin class. Like how 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 did that change your perception of like what you were doing with fitness to where you're at today? It's funny when you first said that I'm the hardest working person that you know, my mind immediately goes to like that's not true and I think that that's that's part of some part of my character is to like always discount my efforts and so my version of hard work is someone else's like version of like extremely hard work and so I'm always like what I realize now is that I have to be careful that I'm not pushing myself too hard and I feel like that's what you're getting at with being able to be self-aware to recognize like how far is too far where do you draw the line and and at what level is there diminishing returns to whatever effort you're putting out? And so I think this applies a lot in fitness, it applies in your career, in anything really that you set out to do. And I've always just been very achievement-based in terms of just how I was brought up and how I've kind of been shown love, I guess. I don't know, I've always just kind of went, I've gone for achievements as a way of just like chasing happiness I think and I'm finally getting to a point in my life where I want to break that I don't want my happiness or my joy to be defined by some recognized standard of achievement um, whether that's society or whoever I, I, I don't even know like I don't want to feel like I'm impressing anyone or have to impress anyone I want to be really happy with just whatever choices I make and confident in that that it's a path that I'm going to enjoy and embrace and so when it comes to deciding how much or what effort is is optimal or good enough I think it really just takes a lot of self-reflection and awareness to understand like how much tolerance you have for stress and like what what becomes an imbalance so I'm really big on practicing balance holistically and I think what does that look like so so for me I'd say so you alluded to my past of 
I don't want to call it exercise addiction. I don't necessarily think it was that, but it was more so the mindset that, and I've written a blog on this, but when I started running in the beginning, it was like, okay, I've set a goal that I want to get better at this, so therefore I have to run every day this many miles, and it was very rigid. And I realized that that was becoming a very unhealthy behavior, um, not just because I was dealing with other health complications, and there's a whole nother backstory on all of that, but I am fortunate to have realized that I needed to snap out of that type of structured thinking where the only way to achieve a certain goal is to be super rigid about it. And with my lifestyle of being an engineer and having a career that was kind of up and down in terms of like how much I would travel and what kind of projects I'd be on, I really didn't have a very, very like I don't even know the word, like a set schedule that was very predictable. So I realized that in order to maintain a healthy lifestyle, I needed to be okay with some days I would be able to run and some days I wouldn't. And some days I'd be able to exercise for an hour and some days it would be 10 minutes and that's okay. And some days it's not at all and that's also okay. And so adapting my mindset was more important than anything else and so balance for me today looks like less rigid goals well the goals are still there but it's less rigid path to those goals and meaning it's not okay I'm gonna run this half marathon and that means I have to run 30 miles a week or else it's I just want to run a couple times a week and I, I want to try to get faster at least one of those times and if I don't get to run at all one week then the next week maybe I'll just run one extra time um, and so I just try to keep track of progress in that way in vague terms less than rather than so strict and so that mentally it doesn't feel as much of a I don't know discouragement if I don't hit that because I know that with my A-type personality um, I can go down a path of unhealthy behaviors yeah I mean I think in the beginning of fitness journeys and a lot of people out there that might be looking to try something new or get into it, they think that they have to go above and beyond and, and take the supplements and do these ridiculous things. I found myself doing the same thing of spending $60 a month on proteins and different supplements and having to do the same split and try to get five extra pounds on the bench press or the squat or whatever every single week for years on end and then I started realizing that one it wasn't making me happy and two I wasn't seeing the results that I wanted to see most likely because I was probably burnt out and stressed and then I know for me personally once I took a step back and started enjoying fitness and exercise which I like to call, use the word exercise more because we're mobile like as human beings like if you go back hundreds of years we're supposed to be moving around and running and jumping and and doing these things and it, it saddens me that it stems from gym class going back to when you're young where they're taking away gym class and we're forced to sit in a chair all day and most people like go insane doing that just like i i did but they also don't understand how to kind of get out of that so the yeah, next I question i have for you would be like how how did you transition that mindset? Because you, you were an engineer and you're working on these things on the side. Like, 
what was that turning point for you that you knew like, okay, like this isn't healthy what I'm doing and I need to kind of shift into this other holistic view of not only fitness, but what I'm eating. And because when I first moved in with you, you were eating way stricter and a way different way than you do, do now. You're, you're way more lax. Like what was that so turning I think, point? I, I don't know that there was an exact moment. Uh, but I will say that I think there's a lot of, before I go into my own story and path towards more balance or a lax lifestyle, I think I want to say that there's a ton of information out there on social media. And while I think it can be a really helpful tool, I think it's also a trap and people can get you know, absorbed into this one person that they look up to or aspire to be like. And not all information out there is backed. I think that there's a lot of, you have to be careful with what you follow. And I'm always careful about what I say, but I think the most important thing to note and to anyone out there listening that may come to us for fitness inspiration or lifestyle inspiration is that there's no one way to live. There's no one way to be. There's no one way to eat, exercise, move, whatever you want to call it. I think, and this is what I've realized, which flipped a switch for me, is that all I want to do is find what I enjoy and just do more of that. Because I found that when I made running my my sole like, focus, because I was, I was trying to break some PR, I realized that it was becoming more like a chore. And as soon as I started to view exercise and running and that type of lifestyle and behaviors as a chore, I, that's when mentally in my head I was like, oh crap, there's something I'm doing that I need to just mentally take a step back and think about, is this, is this the right way of going about this? Maybe I don't need to be so strict. Maybe, you know, if I recognize that I'm not looking forward to a vacation or some family thing because maybe it's going to interfere with some activity I had planned that, that's going to help me get to my goal in a faster way, that's a problem. So I was kind of identifying those little things and realized that that wasn't healthy. And so... Like I said, it was really just taking a step back and, and recognizing that in little pieces, like if I was running five times a week and all of a sudden I'm gonna say, no, you don't have to run at all. No, it's like taking little steps back. Like maybe let's just try it three times or to anyone that f feels like they're in that type of mindset where you can't pull back, it's start, start little, um, doing a complete like revamp of your lifestyle at once can be a little bit jolting I'd say so I think it's just like anything um, that you're trying to shift away from it's do it transition in a way that's comfortable to you and I think for me it was more just okay what do I really enjoy I really like taking bar classes because I used to dance I really like dancing so sometimes I would take a dance class I really like being outside whether that's running walking biking whatever and I really like, you know, pursuing my career interests. And sometimes if that takes up more of my life and time and I have less time for exercise, like, that's okay. Uh, because in a holistic assessment of my life, I'm pursuing what I enjoy. So I always try to zoom in and zoom out and, and always 
reflect on what that pie looks like and I can tell like if if I'm training for a race or something like this year was a great example of me barely training at all and I proved to myself that I didn't really have to train that much to make an improvement like train as in the way I always thought I had to train so my whole definition of training has changed and one of my goals with Air Inspiration fitness side of the brand is to help people that might be in a similar lifestyle as me where you have a lot going on you can't really dedicate as much time as the traditional runners and exercise enthusiasts say you need to for certain goals yeah like some of the some of the things i see out there is like you have to be a fitness pro to look a certain way or to hit certain goals and like I know you and I both believe that's semi bullshit. Like it, a lot of it is just discipline and how much effort are you putting in focused effort? Because what I would say that you do better than anybody is when you shut, when you go to work out, you shut the hell off and you work out and your workout for 15 minutes is harder than a lot of people's hour in the gym. And that's where I think a lot of people get confused with, they don't go to the gym cause like I have to spend an hour in the gym well, that may be true. hour plus. I think that may be true for me, but I also recognize that that's not enjoyable to a lot of people. So I would never preach that that's the way it has to be. I'll always preach you should be working hard. Like if you're going to put in the time and the effort, give it your all. But I think that my style of working out, like when I go on that treadmill, I am zoned out and I'm pushing hard. But I think for some people that would just be a complete turn off. Like they'll never get on. If they do what I do constantly, I think that would deter people 100% from the lifestyle. So it's knowing yourself, knowing what you can handle, what you like. Um, I never recommend that everyone has to be a certain way. So I think you're right, I'm focused about it, but I, I'll always say like, I don't think that's the only way to be. Yeah, of, co- so. of course not. But I'm just trying to allude to it is possible. It is like, possible, and I don't think that you have to. And, yeah, I'm a huge advocate that you do not have to be a fitness professional or spend more than an hour a day or even more than five times a week doing certain things to look a certain way. But even more than that, I want to preach that your goal shouldn't be around looking a certain way. So I think it's it's having a full understanding of what your goals are and trying to find what what is motivating those goals and making sure that they're the right goals for you and because if they're not then you're never going to be happy so well it's yeah all about that. that hits on a good point that the focus should be one first and foremost just overall health mm-hmm. get your get your scans done get your blood work done make sure that you're an overall healthy human being and then go from there so then everyone should be exercising yeah that's a fact like everybody should be doing something to move their body or you're just choosing to die sooner now if that's your prerogative that's on you but for so i think it's kind of ground terms interesting you bring that up because today is the day that my dad passed away five years ago and i always like to talk about that on this day each year because and each year I add a little bit more wisdom to what I've learned from this his passing and I think one of the biggest things that I want to spread as a message is that from the outside like I grew up going to my dad's house on the weekends and seeing him exercise he never missed an exercise workout he pushed himself very hard and he always ate really really strict and really healthy things and it wasn't necessarily that he had food restrictions he just 
was all about it. He wanted to research. He wanted to have an optimal physique. He wanted to. Yeah, he was have, doing. He was doing optimization, health optimization before he really, it was even a thing. He really was. He was. He was eating foods that are like now trendy, and back when he was eating them like ten years ago, we were like, "What the heck is Faro? Like, what is that?" <laughs> so, um, yeah, he was all about that. Um, and from the outside, our family was always like, "Man, like he's way into this. He's gonna live forever." And I mean, at the age of fifty-three, he was working out really hard, high-intensity interval training, Tabata you know sandbags kettlebells and work and working out in like a soccer a men's league um, all that kind of stuff and while that may seem great on the outside I think one of the biggest things to recognize is that even though you might feel like you're in great shape on the outside on the inside you don't know what kind of stress that's creating to your body what kind of impact that can have long term over time you're constantly putting that much stress to, to perform better, uh, your body does go into a state of stress. Your cortisol increase, like everything gets thrown off balance. And so while we also have a history of heart disease and other you know, internal problems around heart-related issues, I think stress could play a huge role. And so that's something I'm super mindful of since his passing like I want to train for these races I want to be overall pretty fit and be able to do a lot of things but I recognize that that's at the cost of my health in the long term and I'm more concerned about long-term health and flexibility with my lifestyle than just you know hitting some goal right now if, if it means I have to pull back because I think it's putting too much stress on me with everything else I have going on and pressure I put on my life in other areas, then it's not worth it. And I think for him, as I reflect on his lifestyle and the way he was in general as a person, I'm very much like him in terms of lifestyle. He was super you know, motivated, ambitious, and A-type in everything. And I think that when you are like that with everything and you exercise a lot, like you're just creating stress for yourself. So there has to be some give and, and take. And there's no one there to tell you yeah. otherwise, especially like when he was doing it. Like there's a lot more studies coming out about overtraining and yeah. overdoing it. And that's where like, so for you, what do you do to de-stress? Like what are your, for some tips for people out there who we live in a highly stressed society what do I you think, do behind the scenes to I to think one of the biggest things that you just mentioned is just having someone kind of be your second voice of reason. And my dad, unfortunately, did live alone. And if we were around him more, we probably would have been like, yo, like you can skip your workout today. It's going to be all right. So I think everyone needs that person that's kind of in tune to their lifestyle to say, because sometimes we get so focused in on what we're doing that we can't even makes you realize. Happy. Yeah, it yeah. makes you happy. And sometimes I'm like, yeah, I just I gotta do this because I know I'm gonna feel better after. I had a shitty day. I know I'm gonna feel better after. It's like a drug, honestly. And so I think we all need that person that keeps us in check. For me, fortunately, that's you. And you said before that my lifestyle now is a lot more lax than it was when we first got together. And I think that has a lot to do with us getting together and you being like yo, Aaron, like, why are you doing that? Like, you need to eat way more. And I just never even realized because I never realized. I didn't know anything better. So I think 
one it's <laughs> to clarify that when i first moved in with her i was probably eating like three times as much as anyone she's ever seen and i'm if anybody knows me i'm a stick pretty much and it's really hard for me to put weight on and she couldn't believe that the amount i was eating and that when i say she works out 10 times as hard as i do it's a fact because she sees me on my phone or i'm doing whatever i use exercise more as like a consistent yeah, meditation really she would get annoyed with me but she's starting to see like why i do what i do i work out seven days a week and it's more of like a meditative thing for me <coughs> and when i do my reps and my sets i work out really hard but in between them it's more of like a lax i get in my, i listen to an audible or whatever it may be and that was kind of different for her but switching back to the food um yeah when i first when we first started dating and and i saw what you were eating and it was like a lot of women, I think, out there are doing the same thing. They're not eating enough. It's not that they're not eating healthy, but they're just not consuming enough calories for if they're working out all the time. Like, it is not healthy. And I think for me, I always ate a lot because I needed to. But when you saw that, you, your mindset kind of shifted a little bit. You started trying new things. And I, for me, you look the healthiest you've ever, you've ever looked. And, like, you, your numbers are sh- – numbers by meaning like your workouts are showing that um so it's it's a pretty cool thing to see over the course of time and i think that anybody else out there that's listening to this it's the one key point that you hit on is there's no right way for anybody so we're huge we're huge on other people finding what works for them and trying different things before you make any type of judgment on anything and that's where like what do you eat? Because I'm sure a lot of people out there have this question. So what is your, what is your daily nutrition look like? And are you tracking your macros? I mean, I know the answer to this, but like, what, what do you do on a daily basis to help? What do you enjoy, essentially? To and what eat? can other people? Okay, so to give a little background on my food allergy and restriction history, um, started about in high school I used to be able to eat anything like anything like I would eat ice cream all the time pizza all the time like anyone that has known me since then you included like I used to be able to eat anything and I would and um, you had abs then too (laughs) and but but again I'd go to my dad's house and I'd be introduced to what's actually healthy and what I shouldn't be eating like no you know, cocoa puffs for breakfast. <laughs> like he was like, well, yeah, yeah, anything like that. Um, so he kind of introduced me to nutrients and the whole concept of eating healthier. Um, I started to practice that a little bit more as I got more aware and started going, you know, get, just being more in tune with it. But again, at the time when we were in high school, this information wasn't out there. It was still low fat diets and blah blah blah. Yeah, there was no Instagram. There's no Yeah, there's no there. information like there is today and the research wasn't really even there yet around different You just couldn't find different it. Different diet very type easy information. To... So anyway, it was about halfway through high school when I started developing like severe stomach pains, like very 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 severe. It came on pretty suddenly. I just didn't know what the cause was or why um and so i started to dig into like maybe what i should eliminate from my diet to start going down that path to figure out what was causing it when i eliminated dairy i did notice improvements and so i did that for a while 
and then that was about it. I tried a couple other things um, and didn't really have much luck. There, gluten, the concept of gluten-free wasn't really even around yet. Um, so I was still having problems. I was losing a lot of weight. I was developing some like more serious skin issues where I didn't know where that was coming from. I was still dancing really competitively and had intense practices, so that wasn't helping the situation at all. I was dropping weight like really f scarily fast. And How so, much weight? So I hit a low of, I think in high school it was like 98 pounds. Um, and I remember going into high school at around like 120 something. And I, and I don't want to preach weight at all because I don't... Yeah, but if anybody's losing weight, yeah, like, but no matter what drastic. your weight is, it was losing drastic. weight is bad. It was very drastic. And I think I, w I wasn't eating, so that was why I was losing so much weight. But it was also because I was really frustrated and know what was causing this. And anytime I did eat, I would be like Felt doubled sick. over in pain. And anytime I would eat out, it was even worse. And it was just causing a ton of stress on my life at that time. I was trying to just go through a lot of different things. And so my family tried to get me to go to different doctors and got a bunch of different tests done. Uh, at one point they were pointing towards milk allergy, which I was already eliminating dairy as it is. Um, and then there was a bunch of other random things and nothing really was conclusive. So I went into college after having seen uh, like a bunch of doctors and my parents said to me, you know, like, if you go to college and you drop below this weight that you're at right now, like, you're going to have to be home. Like, we're going to pull you. And I had just gotten into the college of my dreams. I was so excited. Which like, college? I got into UPenn. It was, I was beyond thrilled to have gotten into there. And it was all I ever wanted. And to be faced with this stress of I can't freaking eat and I don't know what's happening and my family's putting this pressure on me and they're saying that I'm purposefully doing this and I just want to be like nobody believed me and that was the traumatic thing for me Man, I, I felt wish, so I alone we I felt so alone <laughs> and uh yeah and I was like desperate um, because I would go to the doctor just hoping for an answer and that you know they would say oh just do this and you'll feel better I didn't want to take any any medication or antibiotics or whatever they were trying to throw my way to make the pain go away. I really wanted to solve it. So needless to say, I went into college. It wasn't getting better. Um, and the stress of the rigor of engineering coursework at an Ivy League school wasn't any better. It just makes it um, worse. It, I was more stressed. I was eliminating more the food, the whatever they're called, um, Dining halls <laughs> weren't helpful either. Um, I could basically just eat oatmeal at that point, and that wasn't great. And a salad, and that wasn't very a uh, very nutrient. But this is the thing, like thing. Back, back back then, like they were telling me. So like I have similar issues as Aaron, and like when you get sick, they tell you to eat bread and crackers and like these things to to make you not have pain, essentially, quote unquote. But they are actually one of the things that caused the most. And yeah. it's just like And I remember I remember this vividly. I would have six PM exams, maybe like 
three times a semester for each class and I remember I couldn't eat right before the exam or else I would not be able to concentrate at all during the test. So I basically starved myself all day because I knew that like n that hunger feeling was better than the pain I would experience from eating. So that was basically my life. I would just eat whatever I knew I could do to survive. Like I would eat dry cereal all the time. Like it was bad. It was really, really bad. It was not healthy at all. And that was because I didn't know what I could eat. And anytime I ate certain things, it was just too much pain to bear. So finally, uh, and that's kind of when exercise played a bigger role How in my life you? too. I was about 19, 19, 20. Um, and Exercise started playing a bigger role in my life at that time because it was the only thing that made the pain go away. But Why? it's a double-edged sword because, so I think it made the pain go away. I don't. Well, it's it's the endorphins. I, yeah, like, probably. I I'm sure there's science behind it. I just realized quickly that that was a double-edged sword because yeah, it was helpful, but it was also hurting me as well because the more I exercise, the more I'm burning. Therefore, the more I'm gonna lose weight too because yeah. I'm not eating anything. And I was, it was just bad. So slowly I started to try different elimination diets where I would try to avoid all meat or I would avoid all grains or I would avoid all soy. I went through pretty much every freaking food group or even like, you know, uncooked vegetables versus cooked versus certain vegetables versus night shit, like all these things I tried. Um, Did you use a notebook or anything like that? Yeah, or just I, I had this huge Excel spreadsheet um, and I probably still have it and it had like almost years worth of daily. I logged everything I ate because I wanted to be able to understand and when I would go to the doctor I would be like this is what I'm doing this is what I tried blah 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 and I was very methodical with it and I would write little notes sometimes if I had a good day or if I and I would write how much I exercised too and, and to see like if that had an effect and so finally it was junior year of college going into senior year when I decided I was going to try going gluten-free at that point gluten-free as a fad was sort of picking up and there was more options around that and um, I did my own research and realized that avoiding gluten doesn't mean you have to really just eat all the processed gluten-free things but just avoid certain wheat-based products and just be careful of where gluten may play a role in certain ingredients and foods and so I did that I immediately noticed a shift in my mood in my the physical feeling of pain I was going away. I was much happier. I, it was just like night and day. And I did that for the entire senior year. And then when I moved to Houston, I was still gluten-free, dairy-free, but things started to come back and I still wasn't able to eat normal. Like I still had weird habits of like eating like just not like real meals like a normal person like it was just still like very scattered and and difficult whenever I'd be around other people and whenever I'd be in like the work setting and have to like take a break for lunch sometimes I would skip lunches because I didn't want to deal with it and it was just not great so finally I was like you know what? I'm gonna solve this once and for all like I'm gonna figure out what I'm gonna do I'm gonna see if I can eat you know chicken then see if I can eat eggs and see if I can eat fit like what fish I can eat and realize you know I need to be looking at macronutrients and micronutrients as a whole and not just like 
whatever I can eat, I'm just gonna eat because I need to have calories. Like I started to think more in terms of like a balanced diet versus just anything that wouldn't make me feel sick. Uh, because I started to realize that maybe I was feeling sick because it wasn't enough balance. So looking into balance, I think you asked about macro tracking and, and do I believe in, I don't know if you asked if I believe in it, but I do think it's helpful. I don't think that I see a lot on Instagram today around people being super meticulous about it. And I think that that's a little unhealthy. And maybe it's good if you're really trying to hit a certain goal, but I don't think that that lifestyle is sustainable. And I don't think that anyone's life should revolve around the grams of something that they put into their bodies because at the end of the day, like, do we, like, is it that important to look a really specific way unless you're like in that sport maybe? But I think, to have an overall idea of the balance you're getting in your diet, I think that that's important. And I think that macro tracking loosely uh, can help just ensure that, that you're getting enough nutrients and you're balanced. But I think everyone's needs are different. Um, and so I feel like I'm rambling here. No, you're good. But I this, think, is, uh, this is awesome. Um, in terms of like what I eat and what I do, I pretty much eat consistently. So like I'll go through phases and for the most part, I try to have like protein, a carb and vegetables at all meals, except for breakfast. I can't really eat like- No, you eat fats too. Oh yeah, fats. Uh, how could I forget that? Um, but eggs, that was that was a big one. So fats were a big one, especially when I was going through all the trouble with stomach difficulties. I was like, sure, I could not digest fats. And I would try a lot of things. Um, and then I kind of had to get over myself because there were certain things where I was like, I just don't like that. Like I didn't like avocados. But then I'm like, okay, if I can actually eat avocados, I don't care if I don't like the taste. Like I don't really like the taste of an avocado. I don't really like the texture but I eat it because it's a fat that I know I can digest. And if I have restrictions, like sometimes it's better to just get the nutrients than to freaking feel like I love the taste of something. So when you're also talking me, about goal setting earlier, so like if you're talking about performing in your field of like yeah, working so out I, and whatever, I, you need that macronutrient distribution. So. so I care less about like how good something tastes and, and you spend a day or a week with me and you, people probably think that we eat bland as shit because we don't make extravagant recipes. We don't really put a lot hey, of Hey, we just seasonings. came from a pizza place that was okay, fucking amazing. That was good, but we didn't make it. Um, but I will <laughs> say that I, I go, we stick to the basics, like chicken, eggs, fish, veggies, so um, eggs. We live by the four by three rule. Occasional so. gluten-free products, like these gluten-free muffins that we discovered. English muffins, no, sorry. Cookies. Oh yeah, like, sometimes. Well, we cookies today. So, sometimes. We, we, don't, we don't restrict ourselves from like the things that people enjoy, you know? Like we're not that rigid, uh, but it's, we're rigid around what we know we can't eat because of pain issues. It's not like, I'm not gonna eat that because I think I'm gonna get you know, my so, body's going to change a certain way. Like, we don't believe that because everything in moderation, we believe is okay. Yeah, we, we live by what I tell my clients is like four by three rules. Like, if you have four good days and you eat four stricter days and then three where it's just like, eh, whatever, you're exponentially going to have more good days over your lifetime than like mediocre or bad days. And that's yeah. where like, that's really all that matters in life is that moderation. Cause one, you talked about cortisol and stress. Like when you have something that you enjoy, like what we just did, we just 
smash two, two gluten-free pizzas. Don't even know what the calories are in that, nor do we give a shit. But like, it makes us feel good. We were there. It lowers our cortisol. It lowers our stress. So then when we wake up tomorrow morning and we get a good workout in, it's the same thing. Versus if you're stressed in that stressor environment all the time, that's when years of that compounding of that stress is what turns into illness. And then illness turns into disease, which then leads to death. Mm -hmm. So... I don't want to ramble anymore about this the fitness stuff, so I'm cutting you off. Well, I just want to say one thing. <laughs> like you asked, like I think just to wrap up my story a little bit, the biggest shift I've made in terms of what I ate when I had severe issues and what I eat now is that I certainly do eat a lot more substance and volume, but also just like I make sure I have solid meals each day, and I'm never gonna skip a lunch. I'm never gonna skip a breakfast. When's the last time you checked your weight? Um, probably a month ago, but okay, good. That's <laughs> for all the women out there that that listen. Like, the, but that the thing was is even like, that was probably the first time. Stop focusing on weight and eat yeah. eat a better distribution of macronutrients. That's the two things. Like weight, because you could you could look amazing and be healthier than when you look than when you weigh less. And I've seen that in your own life. I've seen it in my own life too. Like it it has no yeah. indication. I mean, maybe if it's 50 pounds, yes, but like, we're not talking about that. We're talking about those little disproportions that you shouldn't be even looking at. I think weight is only a factor if you're considered overweight and you want to be healthier in that regard. If you're in the normal BMI range, like, please do not use your scale. And I could go on about that for a long time, but we'll save that for another day. Yeah, that's that's (laughs) another time. I want to end on... What inspires you outside of the gym? So give us a little rundown of what your daily life has looked like over the past three, four, five years that has nothing to do with fitness and where you're looking to go and where your life is heading. Fitness, say it never existed. Like, yeah. what, is, what so, are you passionate about? So, Who yeah, do you want to help? Fitness aside, um, I'm really passionate about continuous learning. Um, I went to school for engineering, as I mentioned. What I kind of engineering? I picked chemical engineering because I had the thought back when I had to decide a major that that, knowing all the different options, that that would allow me to have the most flexibility with what I wanted to do later on in my career because it touched so many different areas, it was challenging, and I really just wanted the mindset and the skill set of an engineering education. Um, So that was my background. I went into my first job, which did have a lot of chemical engineering applications, more so uh, oil Describe that job a little bit. So that job was project engineering. Um, It was implementing different systems for mid-sized to larger midstream oil and gas companies that were looking to have pipeline safety around for leak detection and regulation and, and just optimizing that whole process of their operations in general, whether making it more efficient or minimizing um, any risks or harm towards employees, the environment, whatever. Um, so I would work with the engineers at these companies that were our clients to develop a software system that resembled their field structure um, based on data that they'd give us and 
we would work with them to collect the right kind of data. I would implement the system, design it according to what we needed for leak detection regulations and what our system needed for detection. Um, would implement what does that. leak detection mean? So leak detection means if a pipeline breaks, um, it's, a, it's a huge problem <laughs> for the environment, for the company, for anyone's safety. Yeah, for basically. health, safety, money. Of course, yeah. So without going into too much detail around that, it's, you don't want a pipeline leak. Um, as small or as, as large, it can be yeah, extremely detrimental. Uh, so we are, the software that the company I worked for developed was highly sensitive and effective at, at detecting any minute changes in operating conditions. So based on pressure and volume changes, it would be able to detect if there is an abnormal condition it would send a signal to the operators that are live in a control room monitoring everything that's their sole job and with this software we could identify any type of abnormalities on the pipeline at all times in real time so that was my job i was collecting data i was designing systems i was often going out in the field meaning traveling to the client sites and working directly with them to make sure we had the right type of information. And for me, that was a really cool experience. I was learning something completely new. Every project was a little bit different. We'd face different problems, but then sometimes the problems were similar enough where one project to another, even if the systems were completely different, I'd be able to use solutions that I applied before. And so that whole process was really exciting to me. I was passionate about the software, the fact that the company I worked for had really you know the best in class for this type of detection and regulation standards and so that job was eye-opening um, there are certain reasons why I felt like I needed to move out of that that type of role um, mainly because I didn't love the travel I felt like I was sort of limited in terms of the industry knowledge I, I kind of was like you know there's a ton of other industries out there that my degree can can allow me to take part in and I feel like I'm the more I stay in this job and jump from company to company the more I'm becoming a subject matter expert in this specific industry and I don't know that I want I didn't really want that at the time um, and so I started to think about MBA, um, that was a goal I always had I, without really even knowing much about what the MBA could lead to. I always just was like, one day I'll get my MBA. And then as I was facing these questions at the time in my career, really early on, I was only like three years in, where I was like, maybe now's the time to get my MBA because I was starting to think about next job opportunities. Well, I gave an ultimatum, that's what happened. No more Houston. <laughs> next job opportunities and I started to think like maybe now will be a good time it's a two-year thing maybe we can try a new city um, I can maybe try a new industry after that try to pivot out of engineering into something else expand my comfort zone a little bit and so needless to say applied the programs ended up at UT just finished the MBA program and through that experience it's been a lot of putting myself in different situations where I learn about new industries or I'm, I'm forcing myself to do marketing, which is a completely different area from what I'm used to. From the very technical, like I will tell you all about the system and why it's good <laughs> versus like 
let me pitch this product and, and launch it in a new region. And like, I, I don't know, it's just completely a 180 different type of experience. And it was a good learning process for me because I realized what I enjoy, what I don't really enjoy, what I need to work on, um, and just the whole, the whole thing. So I think you asked about what my life is like outside of fitness, and it's a lot of putting myself in those situations because I am passionate about being like a business leader. I want to lead people. I want to lead. I want to create an impact. And I think as much as I do want to. What kind of impact? Yeah, that's, that's a very vague thing to say, and everyone says they want to create an impact. So I'm glad that you uh, caught that. But I think an impact. No, no, answer in terms the question. Of, I think an impact in terms of. Whether it's, that's a hard question to answer, but no, you, I think for this, me, you, t- it's you tell all me all the, the time. I want to, I want to do women in tech. Yeah, I want so to, I want to create a health that. and wellness brand. All these things that yeah. That, so I, yeah, okay. So I, I want to. One of my number one things is I want to do something for women in non-traditional careers. So when I was an engineer, I was one of the only females. I would go to these client meetings and work in teams that was all male dominated and I just was like, you know what, there, there's no reason why girls can't, why we can't have more women in here. And that's a huge movement, but I want to be part of that and that even in business too. So now that I have my MBA and I've gone through that and I'm going to be in a leadership role, I think I want to start something, whether it's at my next company or on my own for recruiting and retaining more women in these non-traditional fields, whether it's tech, engineering, science, business, anything. Um, So that I could see myself starting. I would love to start an accelerator or some type of mentorship program where we, you and I, or just myself can inspire more women or even just young students to pursue entrepreneurial ideas. I think we both agree that that kind of gets shot down a lot early on in our thought process of what we can pursue. It's not really an option of maybe you have these other skills that you want to do and, and maybe it's starting your own company with a group of friends that's passionate about this idea. Um, I think I've had tons of ideas in my life that I could have developed a strong standing company by now if I had just known that I had the resources or the ability to start it. Um, and it's not until now that I'm realizing, you know, I go and try all these brands and I'm, I admire companies that have started that are, have missions that I'm passionate about that I'm like, why am I not doing this? So there's a part of me that does want to act on that. Um, I'm passionate about mentoring youth. So whether that's in terms of entrepreneurship or just helping people that may not have the opportunities that we were given um, in terms of going, getting in, accepted into schools or staying in programs or even, you know, getting jobs. Yeah, um, skipping school in general. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, health and wellness, obviously, we know that's a huge focus of mine. Uh, I don't know that I want to, I've talked about starting my own gym one day, but we both get easily bored. Um, I'm just, I, I feel like, not that I would get bored owning my own gym, but I would need it to be so all-encompassing of so many different styles of exercise to suit what we do that I just don't know what it would look like yet. 
Um, but I could see myself also starting just a wellness brand. Maybe it's a product um, that it some, has something to do with our lifestyle and what's helped us over the years. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. So we're getting close and we have to wrap it up. But one thing I want to ask and end on is what is something that you're struggling with that might be able to relate to other people out there? And how are you combating it right now? Something I'm struggling with is, well, there's a couple of things. One is that I do have a lot of different passions and my mind is kind of going in a bunch of different directions in terms of what you asked about the impact and like what impact do I want to make. And instead of just executing on one idea and just seeing where it goes, I'm preventing myself from doing that because I'm like, but wait, what if this one is the one I actually want to pursue? Uh, so I, ha I need to just stop thinking about all these different things and just go for one thing. Even if it's not the thing that I think I want to spend the rest of my life doing, just learn from it. Yeah, have no have, expectation. And then build the, build the confidence and like enough skills to just keep applying that to all the areas that I'm interested in because what does it really matter? Yeah, I think expectation is a huge topic that I'm trying to have less of in my life when it comes to people, relationships, and even anything I set out to do. Um, the expectation just has to be, I mean, I believe there's a difference in standards and expectations, but when you pursue something with no expectations of it to grow or do anything, but you're just going to put your best effort and see what happens and be open-minded well, to possibilities, I think that, that a lot can happen. A lot of good can happen. The standards should be show up. Like and that's learn, the thing. learn show up it. and learn and test and then the expectation you let fall off a little bit now there's a time and place to have expectations like you have a lot of money on the line or like you need to feed your kids like there's an expectation oh, yeah. that you got to do what you got to do but we're we're talking more in line with like the standard of i don't need this an IPO podcast company. this podcast yeah. doesn't need to have a yeah. hundred thousand views it's just something we're trying to do to get better at at public speaking right and it's exactly. just like as long as we show up we're gonna get better at public speaking but there's no expectation or ulterior motive outside of that so to end what is one specific example of that and then how are you gonna actually move forward moving on from this conversation so one specific example of that is that I, I want to use my air inspiration platform to share more about my life outside of fitness and I have been trying to figure out the best way to show that, um, whether that's through writing or blogs or me talking or creating a channel about what can be helpful to people that have careers but are also passionate about a wellness or you know being healthy in their lifestyle outside of work and all-encompassing. Um, so how do I get that information out there to any followers or listeners? in a way that is authentic to me. Um, and I think I've just struggled with what that looks like so much and I've contemplated different things so much and I've thought, is, this, is anybody even gonna care about this? But I think what I need to do and what I know I need to do is care less about, drop the expectations. I don't care if what happens to it. I'm just gonna put it out there and see and maybe if it's helpful to one person, then that's good because at the end of the day, it's helpful to me to get my yes. thoughts in a cohesive manner and for me to be able to look back. And that's what I remind myself all the time with the platform 
on Instagram is that I'm not doing this for really anyone. Yes, I know that there's a group that really does look for it as inspiration and will message me and ask me to post about certain things, and I love that. But at the end of the day, it's most inspiring to myself because I'll look back at certain times in my life when I overcame certain things or when I was struggling through things and see how it has unfolded and it's just inspiration to keep going. So every time I hesitate to put a thought out there, I just 